Are you a dreamer? Are you a dad that takes the time to sit and craft a vision of what you want to accomplish, achieve, and most importantly, of what you want to experience in this life? I have to be truthful. I struggle with the dream of crafting the dream and being able to inspire my children to dream in the same way. But I've got good news. Today, I'm having a conversation with Mitch Matthews. Mitch Matthews is the creator and founder of the Dream Think Do podcast. He's also a success coach, serial entrepreneur, and public speaker. Mitch's Dream Think Do podcast helps people all over the world dream bigger, think better, and do more of what they're passionate about and what they were created to do in this life. His podcast has been rated number one by the Huffington Post and performs in the top 1% of all podcasts. He's been wildly blessed to be able to interview people like Brendan Bouchard and Michael Hyatt and Lewis Howes and Jamie Kern Lima. He's also been able to work along businesses like Nike and United Airlines and NASA and Disney as an elite success coach. But most importantly, he's a dad and a husband and a lifelong learner living what he would say is a highly caffeinated life in Des Moines, Iowa. And today we are going to dive into a conversation about dreaming, about what it takes to become a dreamer, to create space, to craft a vision, and have the essence of what it means to dream. And then how you can show your kids how they can do the same exact thing. I am pumped up for this conversation, guys. My conversation with Mitch Matthews on the DMD podcast starts right now. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance. Men who want to make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Mitch, welcome to the Dads Making a Difference podcast. I'm pumped to have you on. Thanks for being here today. Oh, it's such an honor. I love what you're doing with the podcast and I love the the topics we're going to dive into. So I'm so excited to be here. And I'm excited because, you know, we were just talking a few minutes before we pressed record as I often right. do with our guests. And I just, your energy is contagious oh, and it's what drew you. me to you and your messaging and your podcasts. And we'll dive into that as we go. But yeah. Mitch, um, for the people who are listening right now, the guys who don't know you, who I absolutely, if you're listening to this and you don't know who Mitch Matthews is, you, you need to know who he is. And that's why we have you on here today. Why don't you share a little bit about your story and uh, what you're doing today? Yeah, absolutely. I, I have a short attention span. So that means I have a weird day job. And that is now uh, I, I say I'm an encourager. I'm a professional encourager. So I'm a coach, a success coach. I'm a speaker, and uh, we have an online training company as well. So it's a lot of fun. I have uh, a podcast called Dream Think Do, which I'm all about helping people dream bigger, think better, and do more because uh, all of those things I'm not naturally good at. Uh, those are things I'm curious about, but I am not naturally a dreamer. And so I, I got curious on the subject. I realized my life was better if I did clarify bigger dreams. And if I did like 
work on my thinking because I realized, especially as a kid, I was a deep worrier, like black belt level ninja warrior, like worry yourself sick and be homesick for two weeks at a time, mm -hmm. uh, worrier. So I knew I needed to work on my thinking as well. And then I also needed to work on my doing, like getting out there and getting stuff done. And so I just thought, okay, I'm not naturally good at any of these things. So why not get curious, learn what I can learn and teach as I experiment with those things. So that's really what led to the show and a lot of success with that and, and a lot of fun and a lot of adventures. So yeah, that's a little bit of who I am. And speak a little bit to the, the adventures and a lot of fun, you know, I, if you know, in your bio, you have had so many different experiences and I'm intrigued because you just described yourself as a, a young man growing up who worried quite a bit. And uh, by, yeah. by like in, you talk about that in your background, but at the same time, you see the level of success that you've had, the people that yeah. you've been able to impact. What for you made the shift? Like, where did that happen where you went from being the young man who worried, stay home for two weeks to yeah. really being inspired to help other people dream? Um, I, I think for me, what I, what I realized and and I, I didn't know that I was necessarily, uh, you know, figuring it out or, or figuring out strategies and patterns that might work for other people. It was just straight up survival for me. And I was a weird kid too, right? Like I was a worrier and I was weird, which is a great combination in a small town in Iowa. Right. So I just <laughs> figured out like, I've got different interests. I wasn't necessarily good at athletics, but I really liked riding my bike, like my bicycle. I wasn't cool enough to ride a motorcycle. So I really like riding my bike. And so I basically would figure out what am I passionate about and then start to think about, okay, well, I'm not good at football. I'm not good at basketball. I'm not good you know, at some of these other things that even some of my friends were good at, but I am pretty good at this. And I've found that if I, if I stayed curious, then it could really lead to all sorts of different things. So that led me to uh, being curious about the bike shop that was in our small town, Marty Schwinn Cyclery, which was in our small town. And so at the age of 12, I realized I really like bikes and I actually like my bicycle. So I just started riding my bike to this little bike shop every day of that summer. And I would spend anywhere from a half hour to sometimes three hours, four hours just hanging out in this little hole in the wall bike shop, which was literally next to the Goodwill and around the corner from the only strip club we had in our little small town. So it was very, <laughs> a very happening corner, right? Yeah. <laughs> I literally like just started, you know, finding out more about, uh, you know, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was loving bicycles. But really what it was, was it was just the, the gateway drug to entrepreneurship. Mm. And so God bless them. The owner and his wife uh, became just amazing people in my life. They, they realized they had a problem. They could either hire me or have me arrested for loitering and God bless them. They hired me. And I worked there for a decade, uh, you know, helped them manage the store, wound up training salespeople, all sorts of stuff. And so I just realized like I might be weird, but if I stay curious about the unique things that I'm kind of curious about, it seems to lead to good things. And that just always played out. So whether I was naturally good at something or not, if I got curious about it, I realized, hey, there's some payoff on the other side. And yeah. that's just worked out. And, and it's allowed me to create a business and a life that I really, really enjoy. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I, uh, I, I had a guest on Dream Think Do once and they put it so beautifully. He said, you know what the opposite of fear is? 
And I was like, well, uh, I would assume it would be bravery. He goes, no, I, what I've found is the opposite of fear is curiosity. If you stay curious, yeah. it's amazing how many things you can break through that you might thought been impossible. Wow. Wow. That's, that's so good. I think about curiosity. You need to be vulnerable to be able to be curious and yep. to be open to exploring that curiosity. Absolutely. Well, and, and especially in yeah. our day and age too, it's also one of those things that I think, you know, you and I have talked about this a little bit before we hit record and in other con conversations that so often people are like, well, how do I get started? Or what if I don't have a dream? Like, what if I, if I, you know, if you ask me, what are my dreams? I don't even know. And that happens a lot. And I said, yeah. well, one of the things when you start that process, you have to kind of give yourself permission to be a novice. That's mm. something which I, I, I coach high achievers. Like I'm expensive as a coach. So like I get to work with successful people, right? Which is yeah. great. But even successful people, there's a danger to that success because a lot of people, when they achieve success for a, a sustained period of time, one of the dangers, one of the pitfalls of high success for a long period of time is you don't want to change anything, right? You also have the temptation to always look like you have everything together because you have for a long time, right? There's there's a good reason most people that I work with have made the money themselves. They haven't inherited it. It's not a gift from someone else. They've had to work hard to achieve that, which is awesome. But oftentimes, if they've done that and sustained that for a long time, that means they made a lot of good decisions. That probably means that, you know, they've gotten a fair amount of notoriety or people respect them, those kinds of things. So those people. Oftentimes, it takes a, a higher level of intentionality to give yourself permission to be new mm. at something, to, to be a novice, to start from scratch at something. But boy, there can be some magic in that. Amazing. And speak to the power of a dream for a moment. Like define yeah. what when we're talking about dreaming on this podcast, yep. what is a dream? So I love, I love this question and I'll, I'll, I'll back up to say, so dream think do is the name of one of my podcasts mm -hmm. and I hope it's a catchy name, but it's also a three-step process that I really believe in. I believe that dreaming needs to be separate from it's related to, but it needs to be separate from thinking, which is kind of strategy and planning. And then doing is all about taking action. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people who are like, well, you know, a dream, that doesn't have a timeline, a dream that doesn't have, you know, a specific steps to it. That's not a dream. That's right. nothing. Right? right. And I get it. I get what they're saying, but I, I do agree that first we need to give ourselves permission to dream, which I always say a dream, it doesn't need to be tactical yet. A dream is something that you want to achieve experience or live. To me, that's what it is, right? And it, we need to start by that because my planner brain, which is also closely related to my worrier brain, yeah. um, if I start thinking too early, what I will do is I will get incremental goals, right? To be able to say, okay, uh, this year, uh, I really want to grow my business, right? Now, if I go into goals, I might think, okay, what does that growth look like? What are we going to talk percentages? Mm -hmm. Do we want to say 10%, 25%, 50%, 4%, you know, that kind of thing. Now that's not bad, but I always say, start first with some dreaming. Hmm. What do you want to experience? 
What would you love to achieve this year? Don't worry about whether you feel like you have enough time. Don't worry if you feel like you have enough money. Don't worry if you feel like you know the right people. Not yet. We need to reserve time for thinking, but that's later. Let's give yourselves permission to dream and achieve. Like, like, what would you love to achieve? What would you love to experience? A lot of times when I work with high achievers and, and we take them through this process, a part of it is naming something that they want to do in their career or naming something they want to do in their business or naming something that they, they really want to do that's new, whether they want to start a new business or start a new service or launch a product or write a book or whatever. But I'll say, but wait, what, what do you want to experience mm. in that? Which I think also allows us to get to some of the important things that, that you and I love to talk about too, which is family Absolutely. and relationships, right? Like I know yeah. for me, when I first started about, you know, or when I first thought about starting my own business, Part of that was I grew up in a small town in Iowa, which I absolutely love. Newton, Iowa is one of the best towns in the world, still is to this day. But I was surrounded by a lot of people that did work they didn't necessarily love. Mm. And I didn't know to expect different, but it, that always felt wrong. You know, there are a lot of people that that same day, you know, uh, same job, different yeah. day, yeah. you know, all those things kind of said, don't expect anything different. But I did work at this bike shop. And the owner seemed to freaking love what he did every day. He'd be at the work at the bike shop at four in the morning because he loved working on bikes. And he also didn't mind making a lot of money, right? So like, I, I'm like, that's the passion. I realized quickly, it probably for me, wasn't going to be bikes, but I wanted to have that passion. And then I also thought to myself, especially once we had boys, we have two boys. I thought to myself, what if, what if they never knew a parent that didn't have a passion for their work. Hmm. What if what if it was the norm in our house to be excited about what we were doing? What if it was the norm to live differently? Like for me I realized like I thought, you know, if we're going to do this, I want to start our business before they're really old enough to remember. But once they were started in school, I was like, all right, now one of my dreams, one of my goals for our business, there was financial goals and some of the things that I wanted to achieve. But one of the things that I wanted to experience with my boys was, I said, most days I'm going to pick them up from school and be done, yeah. be done with my work. Now, my, mm -hmm. my parents are amazing. My dad was a warden in a prison. My mom was a CPA and an accountant. Um, and so, you know, I spent a lot of time after school by myself. It's not a bad thing necessarily, but I kind of thought, you know, I love the idea of picking my boys up from school, coming home, playing, getting the Legos out, hanging out, hearing about the day. I just wanted to live differently. And a lot of, I, I, I wound up doing that most days. And I think a lot of people thought that it's like, oh, look at that Matthews guy. He's a really nice stay-at-home parent, which is fine, right? Like, I'm sure they, they probably <laughs> yeah. thought that, right? Yeah. But I, like- I have a different relationship with my sons yeah. who are two of my favorite humans on the planet because I had that hour to two hours that most people don't have with their kids. And I look at that and it's like, you know, I could have made more money in that season. Sure. But that was priceless. Right. So that for me was a part of the dream when I asked myself, what do I want to experience? And also, what do I want my family to experience? And some of those things should be monetary. Some of those things should be, you know, practical and tactical, but some of those things should also be like, what do we want life to look like? So I think that dreaming needs to start 
kind of without doing a lot of thinking and strategy, but then you do need to make time to say, all right, how do we make that possible? How do we make that happen? How might it play out? But you have to give yourself space to start asking those questions. I love that. You know, I'm a dad, you know, a yeah, dad who has, who has a, a dream, who yeah, I, I like to believe that I'm a good dad. And actually, I'm going to take a little sidetrack here because yeah. you mentioned about, you know, being a dad of two boys and we had a two dudes. Pre- yeah. yeah, pretty cool conversation right before we recorded. And it speaks a lot to who you were as a father and who you yeah. are as a father Yeah, because you just had a birthday. I did. Yeah. And you're 53 years young. Yeah. Happy happy belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you. But but your son was going to drive across the country to surprise you for your birthday. Yeah. One of the best gifts ever. My, I I was telling you before we hit record that, uh, uh, my wife and I, the week leading up to my birthday, uh, my wife and I met, uh, you know, in the, in the kitchen and I think I was getting a cup of coffee and and she was coming in from doing something in the yard. And she's like, Hey, I need to talk with you about something. And I was like, well, okay, what's up? And I, I see her eyes start to well up with tears just a little bit. And she's like, Hey, I talked to Alex last night. And I was like, Oh, okay. And Alex is our younger son who lives in Los Angeles. He's a working actor there. He's having a lot of success and some cool things happen. And I was like, well, what's going on? You know, like as a dad, I'm yeah. like, who do Worried. I need to beat? What's going on? You're like all this kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> And she goes, no, 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 it's all good. She goes, but Alex told me last night that he wants to drive home so that he can be here for your birthday. Mm. And that's two and a half day drive, basically. I mean, a 22-year-old might be able to do it in, yeah. in last time. I know for me, it takes at least a couple of days. And, you know, it's, it's 26, 27 hours of driving. And I was like, wait, what? And she goes, yeah, he just really wants to be here to celebrate with you. Mm. And I was like, cool. well, that in and of itself is the best gift yeah. ever. And I was like, what's he planning to do? And she goes, well, he'd be here for a day and a half and then turn around and drive back home. Cause he's got some stuff. And I was like, no, we're not going to do that. I said, I'll fly him home. We can fly him home. But I'm like, what a, what a gift that a 22 year old cool kid. Like I, again, our boys are two of my favorite humans. I really enjoy hanging out with them. So I was like, not only is it fun to think about, you know, our son being back home, but it's like, Oh, I actually enjoy being with this human. Right. So right. yeah. And we wound up, we wound up flying him home and his girlfriend and we just had a great time. I was like, this, this is probably my best birthday ever. So yeah, yeah pretty fun. So, so cool. And one indicator of, yeah, I'm sure there are many, but one indicator of the value of what you were speaking of, with providing space of giving yep. you that space to do. Yep. Dream, right? yep. Um, I, I was going to say, I'm a dad of two yeah. young kids and I believe I have a dream and I, I, I'm, I'm clear on that dream, but it's so hard not to get distracted by the thinking like you were yep. mentioning before Yep. thinking, okay, now who do I need to connect with and who can I impact and who do I need to message and who is yep. this going to serve instead of just being in the moment, providing yep. some space and just yep. dreaming of like, how do I want to feel as I go through this? What do I want to experience? What do I want my family to experience. And I've been challenged on that personally the last couple of weeks, but those challenges have led into other personal conversations with men in our community who will communicate that they would say that they have lost the ability to dream or they believe that they've lost that ability that they, or they will say, Kim, I've never had a dream. I I always reach out to the, the guys in our community and say, Hey, I'm having some I'm having Mitch on the podcast next week. This is what he does. I want you to send me some things that you would love me to ask. Yeah. And this actually comes from a guy I connected with last uh, Thursday. And he said, 
what do I do if I, I feel that I can't dream anymore? How do I get back yeah. to that place? Yeah. So I'm going to challenge a little challenge. I love that question. question. How do we I get think back it's so great. Place? So uh, let me give you an example because um, I think this is such an important question. And what I love is not only are you doing what you're doing, you are doing so much good through this podcast and you are a great dad. I've uh, talked about how you talk about your kids. It's like, this is a great dad, right? But I love that you are inspiring other people, especially other men to be asking these kinds of questions because I think one of the greatest dangers that we have as men and as humans is the danger of going gray. Not uh, not gray hair, because I got plenty of that, right? Like what I mean by that is, I think there's a lot of people, like wildly successful people. I'll never forget. I'll give you an example. I went, I do a lot of speaking and I went to a speaking client. I went to their headquarters and I was going to speak at a, they had a bunch of leaders all come in and I was going to speak at a thing. And they had me come to headquarters and just wait in the lobby while my liaison person came to come get me. And I remember people walking past me, walking in and out of this big, beautiful, like just gargantuan lobby, just beautiful. And I just see like, you know, probably seven out of 10 people are gray, hmm. meaning that, you know, they're dressed nice, all that, but the fire's out, hmm. right? There's yeah. no fire in their eyes. You can tell they're probably doing a pretty good job, yeah. but they're probably not doing what they were put on the planet to do, or they've lost that fire to be alive and be passionate and all those things. And I'm like, ah, that just pulls on my heartstrings, but yeah. that doesn't happen like overnight. Somebody doesn't wake up and go, you know what? Today I'm going gray. Today I'm going to let that fire go out. Now, right. that's not how it happens, right? It's it's a gradual thing uh, where we get comfortable or where we get afraid, all those things. So what I always say is if somebody's to that point, and that is a lot more common than, than many people think. Like I work with a lot of high level, high achievers. And if you ask them, what are your goals? What are no, no, better question. What are your dreams? They might list off, well, what are what are the, the goals for their team? Yeah. What are the goals for their organization? Or maybe what are a couple of financial goals for their family or uh, you know, finding a college for their kid? Like, oh, those, those are all good things, right? But what I love, especially if somebody's like saying, All right, what what's a dream? And they can't answer you, to say, okay, that is okay. And maybe what we need to do is hold a little bit loosely to the pressure of coming up with a specific dream. Um, because sometimes I always say, don't, don't worry about a specific dream because so many people are like, they go instantly to like smart goals, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, timely, right? Like those are all yeah. good things, but that's not what we're talking about here. Right. Okay. We're talking about what kind of things do I want to experience? What time, what, what kind of things do I want to achieve? Um, we, we do these events called big dream gatherings where we get people to come and we, you know, uh, get everybody in the space. It's, it, it's a fun backstory on how it happened and how it got started. But basically I, I tell a few stories. We have people write down dreams and goals. We post them up on the walls on pieces of paper. And then we go around and write encouragement, ideas, suggestions, offers to help for different people's dreams. It's really a lot of fun. But what's amazing with that is, and I would say this to this day, 75% of the people that come, if they're being honest, come because when they got invited, they didn't know how to answer the question. Mm. And what I would do is I'll say, Hey, listen, don't pressure yourself to come up with something specific right away. Think about what's the essence of a dream. An essence of a dream is a good place to start. I'll give you an example of this. We did a big dream gathering 
in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, and it was great, a great turnout. And then we wound up going back the next year, almost to the week a year later. And a woman came up to me and she's like, hey, do you remember me from last year? And I was like, I can't lie. Well, God just never given me that ability, which is probably a good thing. So I was like, I am so sorry. I said, I want to shoot straight with you. I don't, but I, I get to meet a lot of people and I'm not great at remembering people. I'm so sorry. She goes, that's okay. You probably wouldn't recognize me anyway. I was like, why? And she says, well, I've lost a hundred pounds whoa. since the last big dream gathering. And I was like, whoa, that was <laughs> like, literally I look at my watch. It was like, that was just a year ago. She goes, yeah, I lost a hundred pounds. And, and I said, well, that's amazing. Was that the dream or was that one of the dreams that you posted? And she goes, no. And she goes to her purse and she pulls out a kind of tattered, uh, wrinkled, folded dream sheet. And she shows me her dream sheet. She holds it up. And the dream was, I want to be happier more often. Hmm. I, I was like, that dream. that's that's a great dream. And she said, well, yeah, I just remembered you said, you know, go for an essence of a dream. Don't pressure yourself into something specific right away. Go for an essence of a dream. She's like, I wrote that down. I just realized that's something I wanted to be. And she said, when I started to do that, that I got curious, I started to dig into different ways people did start to be happier more often. And when I did that, I started to, you know, come on things like, I was praying more often. I was meditating more often. I was taking walks in nature. And all of a sudden I started to lose weight and I realized, Hey, as I'm happier, I'm actually eating better and all those things. So she's like the, the hundred pounds was just a fruit of this dream. And I'm like, that's freaking awesome. Right? Yeah. Like, that's great. So one of the things that we'll do is we'll say, Hey, listen, just, you know, go for an essence of a dream. Don't pressure yourself to have something specific, measurable, attainable right away. Some people do, and that's great, but sometimes start with an essence. One of the other things that we do, and, and this often helps people that are kind of struggling to say, I don't know what the flip my dream is, is don't come up with one. I think what a lot of people stumble with is like, what's, what's your one big dream, Cam? Yeah. What's your yeah. one big dream? It's like, Dah! right? Like, yeah. wait, I don't know what my dream is, let alone my big one, my best one. Like I'm a recovering perfectionist, yeah, right? So like if somebody tells me, right, exactly. Now my gears <laughs> and my brain are smoking because like I am grinding down, uh, you know, all these gears to not only come up with a dream, but to come up with my best one, the biggest one, the one dream. No way. So like with the big dream gathering, what we do is we have categories. We have 12 different categories. And so I say, hey, start with, it, it is actually easier to try to put a dream in each category than it is to just come up with one. Mm. So like there's a travel category. So put up a, a travel dream. Where would you love to go? What would you love to experience as you travel? There's a relationships category. What's something you'd love to, you know, experience in a relationship, whether it's having a relationship, whether it's taking your current relationship to the next level, like what's something about relationships, uh, career, what's a dream that you have in your career. And what's amazing is when you force people, like when you encourage people to not just come up with one dream, I've, I've heard this a thousand times coming up with 10 dreams is easier than coming up with one because you basically kind of let go of what's the one. Mm -hmm. and allow yourself to explore different categories. Right. And I think that that helps people start to break loose and go, okay, less pressure of just coming up with one. And then it also helps to kind of devalue, like lower the pressure on any one dream. So it can be really powerful. So simple, but powerful. I, and I appreciate that as somebody who would overthink the one. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. It would be just like that paralysis by analysis piece of like, what is my one dream? Why do I need to do that? like coming up That's with exactly. 10 and just putting them down would be much easier for me than like prioritizing in my head. I'd get distracted with that. Absolutely. Hey guys, I wanted to take a moment and talk about our community of DMD brothers in the DMD mastermind. We are men who help each other to stay focused and intentional in our pursuits of personal, professional, physical, financial, emotional, and spiritual growth. We are a community of men who bring courage, wisdom, and transparency to unfiltered conversations that challenge us to be more impactful men, to be dads making a difference. We do this through our online and in-person events where men come together to speak into each other's lives and then turn around and do the deep work to create change in their families, in their businesses, and in the community around them. If you are wondering if this community might be right for you, you can find more information on the DMD Mastermind, and you can also book a call directly with me at dmdmastermind.com. Now, let's get back to our show. We did a big dream gathering at Kent State, and a student <laughs> took me to task and basically came up with a list of 350. <laughs> now, some people yeah. called her crazy, Yeah. right? Yeah. And, and what was amazing was we did a, a big dream gathering there a year later. Um, and she had accomplished like 70 of them. Mm. Now, some of them were really big and some of them were really small. Like yeah. one of them was like international travel, but one of them was also to spend an hour with a beekeeper because she was just kind of fascinated about bees. And she's like, I realized <laughs> I enjoy honey but I don't even know how a beekeeper works. So she went and spent time with a beekeeper. And then we wound up connecting her with a beekeeper. She got a job with this beekeeper. She like freaking loved it. So it's, it's one of those things where she just, like I said, come up with 10, she came up with like 350. And at the same time, she was like, Hey, but I've accomplished like 70 of them yeah. in a year. Like, holy crap. She goes, it just changed the way I look at the world. Like, yeah. you know, some people try to decide what their one dream is. And she said, I'm just looking for dreams all the time, every day. I'm like, cool. that's a good way to live. And so I'm thinking right now, I'm like, okay, I can do that. But then my brain automatically goes to like, well, the idea of this podcast, dad's making a difference is like, I think about my and Braylon, my son and my daughter. Right. right. And I am like, You've got me, you got me fired up right now for me, but you also Good. got me fired up for them because I'm like, yeah. I want my children to dream like that. Right. Like, I want my children. I want to see in them this process and, and maybe not even like a specific process. I don't want to systematize it that way, but you know what I mean? I, I want to yep. see the value of this. So how do we as fathers ensure yeah. that our kids ensure or help or facilitate yep. Yep. for our children to allow them the space to dream. Yep. I love it. I, I think this is such an important subject and I'm so glad you're asking it because there's so much pressure now, mm -hmm. right? There's so much pressure to perform. It's amazing. Like we're, we're taking away the ability for our kids to be novices at something, right? Uh, like I, mm -hmm. I had a, my, a, an appointment with my chiropractor last week and I was like, how are you doing? She goes, I'm a little stressed. I was like, oh, okay, why? And I, she's like, well, we're trying to get our nine-year-old into a soccer, you know, a traveling soccer team. I'm like, wow, that's impressive. She goes, yeah, I feel like he's already behind. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know that feeling. He's, he's nine. <laughs> I, I, and I get it. Like, I was like, oh my gosh. But I said, does he love soccer? 
And she's like, well, we're trying to figure that out. I was like, boy, that's a high level of commitment at nine to just try to figure it out. I said, and I, I don't say that to say that's wrong. I was just checking to make sure that's something that he wants to do as opposed to, I know that her dad or her husband yeah. played soccer. I think she played a little soccer. So it's like a little bit of like, is that his, what he wants to do? Or is that what you feel the pressure in your community for him to do? Because yeah. I said, this is an important thing. Now, here's the thing. Like kids, they don't really know. Like if you tell them, what's your dream? What do you want to do? They'll be like, I don't know. You know, like yeah. they don't, they don't necessarily, like their prefrontal cortex isn't quite set up for that conversation yet. But what I really encourage as a dad, especially is to say, hey, what, what do you want to just try out? Like, what do we want to just try out? So as an example, it's funny, you know, both of my boys now actually have a lot of athletic prowess, but they were a little bit like me early on. They they didn't necessarily gravitate towards the traditional sports and programs and things like that, which I'm kind of grateful for now, but whatever. Right. But I was like one Saturday morning, I was like, all right, guys, we're obviously not going to go to baseball practice or soccer practice. Like, let's figure out what's something you guys like to do. Hmm. And, and like, I, I, we started there, like, what's something you like to do? And it was Saturday morning. So they're like, well, we like cartoons. I was like, I like cartoons. I was like, what if, what if we make a cartoon? And they're like, well, what do you, what do you mean? I was like, well, I mean, you know, pick your favorite cartoon. I was like, those didn't just happen, right? Mm -hmm. You got a, a group of people that create a storyboard. And probably the first storyboards like stick figures or maybe a little bit better than stick figures. But I said, what if we storyboard out a story? And they're like, cool. So, I, and honestly, Cam, a big part of this is like to be willing yourself to go places where you don't know. Like I literally am thinking, oh crap, they just said cartoon. I, I like, I knew the basics, but I, I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, well, if they really want to do a cartoon, I don't. I don't know how to do that, but I was like, let's at least start the conversation, right? Yeah. So then we did this storyboard of a possible story. And then I was like, okay, guys, I don't quite know how to do animation, but what if we did stop motion, right? Because they would watch YouTube on the iPad a little yep. bit, you know? And they're like, yeah, we can do that. So we set up a curtain uh, in the kitchen. We got out all their Legos. We started to figure out how we could do this. And uh, we had a little flip camera with a little one yep, button I remember camera. That. And I was like, hey, this is probably not going to be good, but let's just try it. And so we did our first one and it probably took a couple of hours to do just, you know, a few of these, you know, storyboard ideas, that kind of stuff. But it turned out pretty fun and we had a good time and um, all of that. But then they were like, we don't, it was fun to do the storyboard, but the Lego stuff was really hard. I was like, well, how about we just try to make a movie? And they're like, can we make a movie? And I was like, yeah. I was like, think about any movie. Like we sit and enjoy it. We're not thinking about, but somebody had to find actors mm -hmm. and somebody had to find locations and somebody had to find a camera. I was like, I've never made a movie before. You yep. guys haven't made movies before, but even Spielberg had to start somewhere. So we're like, okay. So I think I, I told you about our, our first movie they made was called Lego Agents. And so they played live action Lego agents because <laughs> yeah. that was their favorite Lego set at the time. Uh, and they were eight and 10. And uh, we made a Lego agents movie. And what's funny is it's gotten a ton of views because we had Lego agents in the title. 
but that was their first movie. And what's wild is, is that we really had a lot of fun. That kind of went back on the shelf for a couple of years, but then they came back to it. They asked to get a little bit better camera. And before they graduated from high school, they had 35 short films in their YouTube. Cool. Very cool. And now one is a screenwriter and one is an actor. Now, again, I had no idea what I was doing other than just staying curious going, well, I think I know a little bit, but it started with what do you guys naturally like? Now, how could we do something like that? How could we try? How could we experiment with that thing? Right. And, and so it might be martial arts or it might be a sport or it might be, you know, maybe they've seen something in a movie and they're just curious about how something like that might work. Just talking with them about what are they curious about? What are they seeing? Those kinds of things. And then just finding a way to take some small but significant steps with them. I love it. And I love how when you were sharing about that, you know, that process, that story with your your boys that you said to them, you know what? This might not be very good. Or Yeah, it's, it's not going like, to be good. It's probably not like mom and grandparents are probably going to be the only people that like this. But we're going like, to okay. anyway. Yeah, right. right. Exactly right. And then, and then that's what I said. I said, gosh, how much freedom is there? How much freedom is there? When we don't really like what we're focused on is the process, not the outcome. Hmm. Like there might be something like my son now is a working actor. He is very intentional. Like he went to a, a very demanding uh, acting academy in LA. So he is, he is very intentional with his craft now. And he is very focused on delivering every time he's in a role. But especially in the beginning, you just got to focus on the process. Yeah. Right. To be able to say, all right, let's, you know, yeah, we can keep an eye on outcome, but when you're first getting started, it's all about the process. I, I always say focus on progress, not perfection. Love and it. that'll get you a long way. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. It's a, it's a growth mindset. It's that growth process yep. you go through and I'm passionate about that. I've spoken yep. about that lots in the podcast. Okay. So there's a dad listening to this right now is about yeah. to start that process. Right. Thinking about crafting the essence of a dream or a series of dreams is now thinking about, oh, how do I craft this essence of a dream in my kid? Yeah. And they're all excited. They're going to get off here and they're going to want to do this. They're going to hit some type of roadblock because we 100%. always we always hit some type of adversity, which yep. really will test us. What are some of the common you know pieces of adversity or roadblocks that a dad might face? As he gets off this podcast episode yeah. and it's like, I'm going to implement this. I'm going to put this into action. Yeah. I love it. So it's funny. I, I just had an author on my podcast on dream thing do. And uh, Alex Weber is his name. He's got, got a great book called unstoppable and uh, he's an American ninja warrior. So it was, it was fun talking with him about it. And, and one of the times he said, he said, you know, when you go after a dream, you're, you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. Mm. And I said, Alex, can I, can I make a suggestion to that statement? Can I, can I make a, can I add something to that statement? He goes, yeah. I said, well, I believe when you go after a dream, you are going to wind up loving it. And there are going to be some times where you wind up hating it, right? Like it's going to be, there are going to be times where it's going to be hard. There are going to be times where it's messy. It's a little bit like, uh, you know, any dream pursuit, that's a part of the beauty of it. Like, that's why we love Rocky movies. Rocky doesn't win every fight 
And then he comes to the end and he just wins again, right? Like there's going to be setbacks. There's going to be adversity. Those movies are popular because that's the way life works. He just always wins in the end. And that's great, right? Like, and and we can kind of know we will win in the end, right? But it's that whole thing. And I, I say, especially as dads walking alongside our kids, our, like, I know for me as a dad, especially when they were young, I felt like one of my most important roles was to protect my boys. Mm. When they were young, they couldn't make decisions on their own. You know, stuff was kind of coming out of every orifice, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> um, like part of my job was to make decisions for them and protect them. But as they started to get older, I realized that part of my role was to walk alongside them and allow some adversity to happen, but to be there for them in that adversity as well. So I'll give you an example. So like uh, uh, my younger son decided in junior high that he wanted, he was, he got interested in martial arts. Now I have a black belt in Taekwondo. Now I got it years and years ago, so I can barely kick somebody's kneecap now, but at the, like at the time I was pretty good. Right. And so I'm like, Oh yeah, I know this. Like I didn't know anything about filmmaking, but I knew everything there was to know, at least in my mind about martial arts. I knew which school he should go to. I knew which art he should go for. I knew why, like I knew his body, the way his body was made. I was like, oh yeah, you should do that. And I was like, wait, this is his adventure. I need to walk alongside. I don't, the way that I can bring the most value in this case is not to have all the answers, but to walk alongside him as he asks questions. And so I said, okay, I love this. And he knew I was a martial artist, you know, years ago. He's like, so what do you think I should do? And I said, I think you should research martial arts school and I will go with you. And I'm going to, I'm going to encourage you to go to at least five martial arts schools. And I'll go to you with, I'll go with you for every one of them. But I said, when we go, I want to get your perspective on the martial arts school. What did you see? What did you like? What concerns you? Because, you know, some are like Cobra Kai, like in the original <laughs> Karate Kid, where we know is bad, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, there are going to be some that are Cobra Kai. And then there are going to be some that are Mr. Miyagi. And there are going to be some that are in the middle. Like, I believe you're going to find the right school. And I will be walking alongside you. But my job here is not to have the answers. He's like, okay, do you want to join with me? And I said, I might, but I'm not going to join at the same time you do. He's yeah. like, okay. I said, this is your thing. Yeah. And I said, I'll just be perfectly honest. There are going to be times where I'm really going to want to take over the stream because I am passionate about this. I yeah. love this. I am excited for you that you want this. But my job right now, especially as a junior high, you know, a, a dad of a junior high student and a boy, right? Like I think girls too. I, I don't know. God didn't bless me with girls yet. Like I'm going to get girls someday when they decide to marry somebody, but like, like he decided to give me boys. So uh, but that's what we did. And we went to five different schools and, oh my gosh, I had to bite my tongue so many times. Cam like, like, Oh, don't teach a kid <laughs> like that. Or, Oh my gosh, that's dangerous. <laughs> oh, I like that. But we would go and we would then go sit in the car afterwards. Like, what did you see? What did you like? What concerns you? If you had to rate this one to five, what would you give? Great. And then once we were done with that, then he's like, okay, what did you see? I'm like, well, I saw this too. I like that. But I saw this thing and this concerned me. You know, those it wound up being great conversations, which wound up leading us to a great school. I loved it. Like he picked the one that I hoped for, yep. but I didn't tell him that until after 
Um, and then he wound up working his way up. He didn't get all the way to black belt before he got done with school, which is just fine. Again, it was process, not, not, you know, the product or whatever. Um, but it was awesome. And I did join, but it was not for six months. I let him get going. I let him be the, you know, higher level, higher rank student. But I was like, it was pretty fun. There were times where he actually was instructed to teach me, you know, and, and yeah. that, it was just, it was great. So I just really encourage dads, especially allow your kids um, to be novice. And sometimes if your kid picks something you're interested in, sometimes yes, bring, bring value by having the answers. But sometimes as dads, the way we bring the most value is to be alongside them as, as they're asking questions. Excellent. Mitch, as a dad right now, what is an area of growth or a dream that you yeah. have right now that you're excited about as a father? I love this. This, this is so timely, Kev. It's so crazy. So um, uh, so we're working on some really big in initiatives. So we have Matthews Training uh, International, which a part of what we do is online courses specifically for coaches and speakers and that kind of thing. We've got some really big initiatives. And one of our challenges was I needed a particular person to fill this particular role. And I was interviewing people and it's, it's doing some video based stuff, social media based stuff, that kind of thing. And, um, it's so great because Alex was just home, uh, for my birthday. Now I think it wound up being divine timing, right? Yeah. But we wound up talking about as he is an actor. You've probably heard there is a little bit of a writer strike going on. And mm -hmm. now there's a little bit of a actor strike going on. So there's a lot of upheaval in LA and it's really hard to get work right now. So I know I've got this goal. I've been interviewing for this job, like, you know, trying to find that right person. We're talking, we go and do a hike. We take a hike early one morning while they were here. And, uh, we're just talking about his goals and where he's at financially and what he's wanting to do and kind of that he thought he had a job and it fell through and all this kind of stuff. And I said, tell me what you would love to be doing. Tell me what you'd love to be doing. And he just kind of walked through, like he wants to be acting, but he really likes video editing. He really likes directing. He really, all these things. Um, and I was like, Hey, here's the thing. I've got an idea and, uh, I think you would be perfect for it, but here's the thing. It's not charity. Like I, I would love to explore you working for me but this is not dad being nice. Yeah. This is a wildly strategic role that is incredibly important for our organization. What would you think about running an experiment where we try it out for three months and see if you like it, see if it works, see if it's a good fit, see if you can do it alongside all the other stuff that you're doing. And he's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know? And it, it it's something that's so, so cool because that was not my agenda. I didn't want to get him home so that I could get him working for us. Yeah. But I think, you know, some of this is too is divine timing. Like I probably couldn't have planned it that well. I think God probably had that planned for us. Right. But it's, it's one of those, my wife and I were driving, uh, after we took him to the airport and, uh, she's like, huh. And I said, what? And she goes, well, that was great. And I was like, yeah, it was. And she goes, Plus, Alex is going to start working for us. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, aren't we blessed that, that we have a business where our kids not only can work for us, but they want to work for us? We didn't, we didn't impose that on them, but it, that's a need. And, and she's like, I think, that's, 
I think that's kind of the legacy stuff that, that yep. they talk about in the Bible. Right. And I'm like, yep. yeah, I guess so. Right. So it, it's funny because, you know, when I think back to doing a Lego movie, when Alex was eight, I didn't have the agenda that someday I'm going to have this training organization and I'm going to be able to pay him to do the videos that we very much yeah. need. Right. Like, yeah. But isn't that also like it's holding loosely to the fruit? It kind of goes back to Kay's dream. I just want to be happier more often. The fruit of that, some of the fruit of that was losing 100 pounds, right? Like yeah. I look back and go, I didn't know, you know, helping to create a video movie, a Lego movie that was not that good, right? Would then produce fruit that we're both going to benefit from in a different way than I could have expected. Like, I just think that's kind of a, a part of the God equation to this whole parenting thing that sometimes we plant seeds and we're going to see some of that fruit. Sometimes we're going to plant seeds and we won't maybe in this lifetime. Right. But it's that whole thing of as long as we're planting seeds and making space and loving those kids. Well, probably most days it's going to turn out a winner. Thank you for sharing that story. I yeah. appreciate your openness, your vulnerability and answering yeah. that. And I'm excited for your son. I'm excited for you and you're in, where this is heading, it's again, another indicator, right, right. Of, of just that possibility to have space to dream yep. growing up. Uh, Mitch, thank you so much for Absolutely. being here with us today and sharing, man, so much value and insight. If the guys listening to this will, right now want to find you, want to find out more about you, where can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. The best thing is just to go to MitchMatthews.com. We spent our whole marketing budget coming up with that domain name. Uh, just kidding. It's Matthew, MitchMatthews.com. And if they want to, then go to MitchMatthews.com backslash four things. And we do a weekly email um, where we just send out, I send out four thoughts. Sometimes it's technology, sometimes it's books, sometimes it's different things that we're learning during the week, things that we're doing. So if they want to go to MitchMatthews.com backslash four things, they can get on that and, and receive that. Uh, we try to bring value and, and uh, inspire people to dream bigger, think better and do more. So that's what we want to help you do. But thank you so much for allowing me to be on the show. What you're doing with this, I think is truly legacy work. Um, and you're planting seeds all over the world with this thing that uh, we're going to see the fruit on for years and years to come. I appreciate that. Thank you, Mitch. Yeah. Mitch, thanks again for being here. We'll make sure that all Mitch's contact information and where you can find him is in the show notes today. Mitch, Thank you so much. Enjoy this adventure, this new adventure that you're going to be on with your son. And I can't wait for uh, us to connect again. I can't wait to. Thanks, brother. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five-star review, and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And if you are a father listening to this right now who is driven to build a life of significance, to truly make a difference in the life of your family, in your business, and in the community around you, Go to dmdmastermind.com to learn more about the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind, a mastermind group for fathers that provides men with the skills, the connections, the accountability, the proven steps, and the brotherhood to truly become a dad making a difference. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today, and I will see you on the next episode of the DMD Podcast.